Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used ClickFunnels, Kartra, Jotform, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I'm your host. Today's guest is somebody that uh, I connected with on LinkedIn, and this is a gentleman that has an amazing story, an awesome background, and really fits what we have been trying to do here on the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast, helping people become more self-sufficient, self-sustaining, even if you're working a job, being able to look for avenues to become financially independent. And what that means, I think, is different for everybody, but Nathan's attitude, his drive, his success in this space and being able to take what he's teaching and actually applying it to his own life, he's been able to do some amazing things. Uh, Without uh, further ado, Mr. Nathan Carter, come out and tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Thanks, I appreciate it. Um, So my name is Nathan Carter and I uh, am a diplomat and I work overseas. I've been doing this for about 18 years. I got into personal finance when I came back from the Peace Corps when I was 27 years old. Uh, and by that time, I'd been kind of living in Africa in a remote village for um, over two years. And then after that, I'd been traveling around the Middle East for a little while. And so when I came back, I had a lot of friends that had gone to college and gone straight into the workforce and kind of were pretty well set up in their careers. You know, and I came back and I had you know a backpack and $1,500. And I thought to myself, wow, these guys have 401ks, they have cars, they have apartments. Uh, They're pretty much well on their way. And so I wanted to kind of figure out, look, I need to play catch up. I need to do something a little bit different. So I really jumped into, and this is before kind of podcast and all of the fire movement. And I jumped into reading everything I could get my hands on at the library on real estate, on, you know, bonds, on stocks, anything that I could find, I would read it. And I also spent some time too talking to people that I worked with that were kind of older in their 50s and their 60s. And I would say, you know, what are the one two, one or two things that you wish you did when you were 27? And so I kind of wrote those things down and, and started to think about it. So at that t- time, I was trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do in the long term? Um, growing up as a kid, I uh, grew up in Chicago, and I saw a lot of people who you know, studied hard, got a good job, but then when you get a recession would hit, it would kind of be a setback for them. And then you'd see people that lose their cars or lose their houses or they're out of work for a long time. And that has a lot of you know, real challenges in regard to mental health and your sense of happiness and family integrity. And so I was saying to myself when I was 27, all right, I need to catch up 
number one. And two, I need to come up with a plan. I need to come up with a plan that's different than what everyone else is doing because I don't want to have something like that happen to me. And so I kind of sat down uh, with my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, and wrote out this basic plan of these are five things that I'd like to do. And you know, one of them was to have a portfolio of a certain net worth that was generating passive income. And that would cover our expenses. And what I wanted to do is, you know, the second goal was to not retire into poverty. I wanted to retire into keeping that same lifestyle that we had before. Um, and then I also looked at really making sure that this portfolio would be durable, that if there were recessions or there was major financial setbacks or inflation, I'd be able to, to do that. Um, and then after that, I said, you know, what are some of the other goals beyond just the wealth that are I'm looking at for long term? And those were finding jobs that had a work-life balance that was manageable. Like we didn't want to just work 100-hour weeks, 90-hour weeks, and sack everything away and be miserable and be unhealthy. So that was a, a core component of it too. And then what we wanted to do was to live overseas because we, my wife was also in Peace Corps. And so that was a big part of it. So we found jobs, you know, they were low paying jobs, but we, you know, hustled and kind of made more money. And then we had an opportunity to move overseas. Um, and she found a job first. And then I kind of followed in her footsteps and did the same thing. And so after living in um, the States for a couple of years after Peace Corps, we moved to Beirut, Lebanon, and uh, then started this journey, and which has been about 18 years now. Man, what a ride and some amazing experiences I'm sure you've learned along the way. I think, you know, most people when they have this idea of entrepreneurship and really that's what it is. I mean, when you're creating your wealth, it's not just a matter of of putting money away. Like you said, like you are taking control, you're figuring out different avenues and vehicles to be able to do that. Um, but what would you I mean, what advice would you give to somebody just getting started? I mean, you've had your fair share of experiences, but what looking back on that, how would you? Uh, you know, instill some fire or some ideas for somebody just getting started? I think the biggest thing of all is to really figure out who you are and what you want. And it's the money will come. And I try to tell people that. And it's when people are just starting out, you know, and maybe they have $2,000 or $3,000 saved. They're like, yeah, I just don't believe that the money will come, but it will because you get, you'll start learning more, you'll see opportunities, you change your mindset. And when you change your mindset, these opportunities seem a lot more prevalent and they're just there. Um, and you're interacting with people who are of that same mindset. And so what I tell people is take some time, sit down and start to write out a plan of where you wanna be. And so when I wrote my plan, I was 27 and the plan was designed to be where I wanna be at 57. And so, you know, all those aspects were you know written down in that, and what's funny with it, and why I tell people that you, you'll be more successful than you think you will, is my goal was to hit a financial number at 57, but I hit it in 12 years, and then I doubled it again about seven and a half years later, and then I doubled it again after about four and a half five years, and so that process, you just get better at it, and you learn opportunities that come. But if you don't, you know, if you look at the studies, people who are successful, and it doesn't really matter what it is that your goals are, if you have a written plan and you have motivation where, you know, you write down, you know, these are my goals and you put those goals in a place that you can see them every day, you will be far more successful than if you just think, oh, I want to be a millionaire or I want to retire when I'm 50. That's way too general. You need specifics and you need actionable steps to get there. 
Well, I love it, man. You're, you're talking gold here because I think a lot of people, you know, they might think it's, oh, it's dumb or it takes too much time or, you know, this, that, and the other. There's so many excuses not to do this. But if you don't have a plan, how do you know where you're going, right? I was listening to a training the other day um, that somebody was giving and they were just talking about, you know, if you go on a road trip, you're not just getting in the car and expecting to show up somewhere uh, without a destination. Like you plan it out, you know where your stops are. And yeah, you can have some detours along the way, but you've got to have a point A and a point B, some sort of a destination. If you don't have it, you're just going to get lost and you're probably not even going to get in the car and go anywhere. You're absolutely right. You have to have a roadmap, you know? Yep. And it's like, you can't just expect the car to take you there on its own. Like you have to write the plan. You have to figure out where the map is. You have to figure out the best route. And the, the beauty of that is too, is you're looking for the interesting things that are along the way. Like you just don't want to be on the highway, you know, punching it with your head down. You want to go on the back roads. You want to see the cool roadside attractions. You want to see the national parks, you know, you want to see the state parks. And so I think that's, you know, for finances, that's the same kind of process. And it was interesting, you know, when I, you know, recently I was talking to a lot of people about, you know, this is the model that I used in regard to, um, to, you know, finding financial freedom and, you know, I realized at the time, like I try and I have two boys and I try and two sons and I try to teach them as much as I can. But I realized I'd never actually kind of codified what I know about personal finance. And it, so I just started kind of writing some notes. And I've read a, a lot of personal finance books. And I always felt like each book has one piece that's really good. But it's, there's not a book that has a lot of the pieces together in one format. And so I sat down one day and I thought, you know, if, I, if something ever happens to me, I want to at least leave something for my boys to kind of follow um, so they don't have to do the same learning curve that I did. So I started writing notes and it was about 10 pages and 20 pages and it really just poured out. And I, you know, after about two and a half months, three months, I had essentially what was a, a book, which has become Loaded for Life. And in that, um, you know, I kind of started sharing it with friends and, and family and, you know, got some great feedback on how to change it. And what's funny is why I gave it to you know, my nephew and he said, you know, this is a really great book and it, there's so much actionable stuff in here. But if I wanted to get started and I wanted to know like, what do I do tomorrow morning? And I thought, you know what, that's, that's the next book. So I wrote a book that was a workbook that's 10 stages and it's 70 steps and they're progress, they progress in regard to, you know, being harder and harder, but it's from the most basic step of getting started of like, here's how you set up an emergency fund. Here's how you check your credit to improve your credit to moving into, this is how you buy your first, you know, real estate. This is how you cut your expenses. This is how you find, um, you know, buy your first real estate note. This is how you, you know, start to invest in stocks. But it's that process of saying, look, if I, and you go through and it's, you know, you check off the things that you achieve so you can see these are actionable steps of what I'm doing going forward. And so that was one of the things I wanted to kind of share with people was just, hey, look, there's a, there's a many, many ways to do this, um, but here's a guidepost that can help you uh, and a roadmap that you can use and tweak and change for yourself. I love it, man. That's seriously, it's such an amazing way to, to look at it and really taking that experience that you've had and, and being able to, you know, create that visual and the worksheets you're talking about. I mean, that's super helpful. I think that's one of the biggest problems that people face, right, is how do I get started? Well, what do I do? That sound, the yeah. idea sounds awesome, but what do I do? Yeah. You know, and then yeah. we get caught in confusion and we take no action because of it. Yeah. And it's funny too, because people get busy and this is, you know, it's not a criticism at all, but I, you know, I joke with people, I'm like, you're sleepwalking through your financial future and it's, you know, you're, you're, you're busy, you got, you know, kids to take to practice, you have work projects that you need to do, you have obligations in your community. 
And all of these things are important, but your financial freedom, that's the long-term goal. And if you don't start to build that plan and start to take steps, you kind of sleep, you know, sleepwalk through life and it's 10 or 15 or 20 years later, and you haven't taken the steps that you should have taken to get the real benefits. Because, you know, as you know, it's about compounding interest. It's that ability to say, look, if I take these steps today in my 20s or, you know, early 30s, that by the time I'm 50 or 60, there's going to be tremendous, tremendous benefits. You know, it's like, it's a whole adage of like, you know, planting trees, like all the time you want shade, you know, if you want shade today, start planting trees 25 years ago. Like, and I think that's one of the things that people do is they get really caught up in, you know, I want to get this job and then I want to get this promotion or I want to move up my career. And it's, in my experience and kind of talking to other people who've done this, it's, it's not that promotion that makes you financially free and financially successful. It's those side hustles that you create. It's those passive income opportunities. And, you know, that's where you create real wealth. And I remember thinking about this one, you know, kind of the first investment property that I bought, um, I was looking at it and I, and it was in an area where they're trying to, you know, fix up the um, location. It was in Washington DC and they had passed a DC um, first time home buyers tax credit. And so we were looking at this and it was a $5,000 credit. So it's like, if you owed $6,000 in taxes and you bought a house, now you owe $1,000 in taxes. So it's a dollar for dollar credit. Well, the condo was $50,000. And so it's basically 10%. That's the down payment to buy this thing yeah. is the, in the form of a tax return. And so we, we bought this and I remember, okay, I signed, signed you know, on the papers, we buy this property. And then we had a friend of ours that lived in it for a couple of years. And then DC really started to boom and it just, it went up a lot in value. And we were kind of seeing a little bit of what eventually became the global financial crisis. But we're like, look, real estate doesn't seem to make sense right now. The prices are really high and we'll let it go. And, you know, we made a huge profit off of that. And I remember sitting after we closed, you know, we were sitting down and I just said, look, that entailed signatures. We literally sat down and signed some papers and used you know this tax credit to pay for most of the deposit for to buy the place, and then we signed some papers and sold it. And I made more than my salary almost for like over a year and a half for signing a couple of papers. And I thought this is this is where you create wealth. It's not through a job, you know. And it's a job is important, and I'm not diminishing that because it provides that you know that money to help you invest as you get started. But it's what you do outside of those work hours that's where you create the real wealth. Well, that and going along with that, I think it's the habits that you create, right? And how you manage your money if you're being a steward over your money versus letting it, you know, run and govern you. Like, I think that's yeah. a lot of the the mindset and things that happen with people now is the money is the governing factor where we're in control of it, right? It's it's just a Absolutely. tool. It's a resource. And if we treat it that's as it. such, we can we can grow it and develop it. But if we don't, yeah. then it'll it'll just govern us. I agree. I tell people that that's one of my favorite phrases is money is a tool. It's like a saw or like a hammer. If you know how to use that tool, you can create really great things. If you don't know how to use that tool, it's, it just sits there and you don't use it properly and you don't get those benefits. Um, and there's a lot of stigma with money. You know, people are you know, money is the root of all evil or there's greed and all that. And it's just, that's just nonsense. It's it, money is a tool and it's nothing more. And, and as you're talking about, it's this idea of saying, look, where am I spending this money? If I'm spending, you know, these hours working and, 
you know, I find out how much I'm, you know, I'm earning. And it's really, you know, one of the things I talk about in the uh, in the workbook, in the book is calculating your hourly rate. And if you're, you know, want to read an article, it's on my website, Loaded for Life. And it says, you know, this little practical, you know, process of figuring out what you really make um, on a per hour basis. And then you use that to kind of think about governing, how am I going to start making purchases? And if I'm making $20 an hour and I'm going to buy a $100 shirt, that's five hours at work. Is that worth it to me to spend five hours working to get this item. And so I think when you start to think about that, and what was the impetus for this was I had somebody that you know, had a hundred thousand dollar a year job. And, uh, and at the time I was like, you know, making 25 grand or something. And uh, I thought, man, that's huge. And, uh, but then I realized he was working 80 hours a week. And so I said mm-hmm. to myself, you don't, you don't have a hundred thousand dollar a year job. You have two fifty thousand dollars a year jobs. Um, and that second one is going to be taxed really high. Um, and then started looking at that hourly rate. And it's like, no, you're, you think you're making $48 an hour, but you're actually making $24 an hour yep. because you're working so many hours. Um, and the thing is, if you love your, your work and you're having a great time and you get up every morning and you don't want to be doing anything else, like fantastic. But if your, if your job is taking over your life in the sense that you're not exercising, you're not eating right, you're not spending quality time with the people that you love, something is off balance and you need to put it back into balance. And what I tell people is, you know, if you calculate your hourly rate and you think about like dry cleaning or other expenses or suits that you have to buy, you know, all of these things that are like an unreimbursed expense, like all of these things that you have to pay for, when you start to subtract them, you start to realize like, hey, I, I maybe I don't make $30 an hour. Maybe I only make 21 but there may be a whole range of other jobs at $21 an hour that you would love to do. And actually some of those may actually pay 22, 23, $24 an hour. So you're actually hurting yourself where you could take a job that you love and make more on a per hour basis. Um, But it's just one of those things that you have to kind of change the mindset a little bit and think about money as this tool and as your time is value. Um, And that's really all what it is, is you're, you know, creating this passive income, not to be, wealthy in the sense of being just wealthy and having that it's to create time and to create opportunities so that you can do the things in life that you want to do. Yeah, no, that's so true, man. And I think the other thing to, you know, that a lot of people forget is just, it's a process, right? It's, it does take time to get there. First, you have to create the awareness Then you have to start looking at your own life. And like you said, sit down, write that roadmap out and, you know, talking about your process is perfect, right? Saying, yeah. you know, here, I'm, I'm here. And I, when I'm 57, I want to do this. And that time yeah. frame was like tripled yeah. and you were able to do way more than what you thought you would. But because you had a process and a, and a system in place, you were able to get there and you were able to actually see the result from your actions. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is it's, you know, I know a lot of people who have hit financial freedom and they keep working. You know, I'm still working now. I'm looking to change jobs in a couple of months and I look for something that's different, you know, that um, brings me back home closer to family and friends. But it's that idea, like most of the people I know who have hit financial freedom, like they don't want to go lie on a beach and just do nothing. Like, part of this personality is you like the energy, you like the kinetic excitement of doing deals or finding investments or talking to other people. And that's just part of your, your nature. And it, if you don't have that now, doing this process will create that in you. Uh, and so I think that that's one of the things that people think, well, you're, you know, if you have enough to retire, why aren't you just, you know, staying at home every day and, and watching Netflix? And it's like, well, 
that's not kind of who I am. I like working. So I'll probably always have some form of a job, either working for myself, you know, or working for somebody else or working in a partnership with some people. But it's the ability to wake up one morning and say, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. And you don't, you don't have to do it. You can do whatever you want. And then, you know, it's the, I don't know who originally said it, but it's like every day is a Saturday. You wake up and you get to decide what you want to do. Um, and if you're working with a company that isn't taking care of you, you walk, you know, and if you're working with somebody who's really a wonderful person and they hit financial trouble, you're like, look, I don't even, you can cut my salary in half, man. I'll stay here and help you. Um, it's just this idea of putting your time to what you think is the highest and best use. I it's love not that, always man. about the money. No, I, you're totally yeah. right. Because when you have that fulfillment, a lot of times, like you said in the beginning, right, the money will come. And, you know, even if it doesn't right at the beginning, if you have that fulfillment and that self-satisfaction, you're going to be way happier. And at the end of the day, yeah. if you're happy, you can accomplish and achieve so much more. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we look at how stressed out people are in the United States, especially COVID, you know, as somebody just told me yesterday, I was listening to somebody who was talking about, you know, managing stress in offices and stuff. And they said, you know, 41% of people in the, in the U.S. have COVID-related stress that, you know, some of it's not diagnosed. And you're thinking, okay, we're coming out of this lockdown and, you know, this pandemic period. There's going to be a lot of, you know, mental issues and, you know, well-being issues that come out of this. And so it's taking that time to be self-reflective, to figure out, hey, I need help on something or I need assistance and not being afraid to ask for it. Um, Every, you know, this is no form of weakness. Um, you know, even the greatest athletes have these moments of doubt or this, you know, most successful business people uh, in the world have moments of doubt or uncertainty. Um, and so you just, you have to uh, um, kind of embrace the up and the down, but you have to acknowledge when you need um, some assistance. And I think that work-related stress for a lot of people is a huge factor. Um, and whether it's they're spending, you know, they're overspending, trying to keep up with their neighbors, um, they just don't have those priorities figured out and they don't have their spending. Their spending isn't generating happiness, you know, and there's a study that I talk about in, in the book where it's, you know, if at about $75,000 a year, you know, people are kind of, their needs are met and they're pretty happy. And when you get up to about $95,000 a year, that's about the tipping point. That's about the maximum. And then after that, it's kind of, a, it starts to dip more money. People actually are not happier. And it's because they start to compete with others and trying to increase their standing with others. And so, you know, as I said, it's like no car, no clothes, no, no product is going to make you better than other people. And so it, it's, it's a fool's game to start pursuing that. And so figure out the things that you like to do and chase that because it's your passion and it's exciting. Like if you want to restore old cars, then go for it. If you want to, you know, deck out vans to turn them into campers, like, man, that, that, that's your deal, then do that. Like, and, and be the best at it. Um, but it's that idea of saying, look, I'm going to buy this watch, or I'm going to buy this jewelry, or I'm going to buy this, you know, this brand and try and create an image of success. It's absolute fool's pursuit. Yep. No, I totally agree. Well, one of the, my favorite questions, and it's, it'll be the last question that uh, our time together is coming to a close, but it's one of my favorite questions. And this question goes a lot deeper along with what we've been talking about. But the question is simply, if you were given one more day to live, what would be the legacy you'd leave behind? So what wisdom, advice would you leave behind to family, friends, clients, whatever the case is? I think for me, it's this idea of figuring out what will make you happy in the long term and finding that balance to create that happiness. 
And I think that people get very focused on just the noise around them and things that are unimportant. And I think a lot of it is just a lack of taking the time to do a little bit of self-reflection and to say, look, this is this is where I want to be in 30 years. This is the life I want to have. This is the you know person I want to be. And taking that time to figure that out and write it down, then you know what you're chasing. You know why you're going to work in the morning. You know what you're doing. Um, and you don't feel like you're just kind of a hamster on a wheel. Like you, you know what the end game is. And then that also gives you the courage to make the course corrections. If you're in a job and it's a great job that pays a ton of money and it's got a lot of status, but you're unhappy, you'll have the courage to take the off ramp and find something that will make you happy and not just do what other people expect you to do. I love it, man. Sound advice for sure. Well, as we're wrapping up, is there any other uh, thoughts, comments you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, no, I just, you know, it's, I think this is, it's a lot easier to kind of find financial freedom. And I think for everybody, you just have to figure out what makes sense for you. And so, you know, you're not necessarily going to replicate what somebody else has done. You know, maybe you like real estate, maybe you like stocks, maybe you like bonds, like find something where your investments allow you to sleep at night. And that's what I tell people is like, always look for that opportunity to make sure that you are investing in a way that doesn't add stress to your life. And so find, you know, if, if you can't sleep at night, then you're in the wrong investments and you need to scale back or you need to do something different because this should be a journey that is sustainable. And if you're unhappy in these investments or you're unhappy in this path to financial freedom, you'll get off of it. And the whole idea is to stay on it for the long term. And so you have to figure out where your risk tolerance levels are and just manage those. Agreed, man. Awesome. Well, this has yeah. been an amazing interview. Uh, I really appreciate you being willing to take the time to, to be with us. Um, if somebody wants to connect with you, uh, what's the best way to do that? The best is through my website, loadedforlife.com. And uh, there's a bunch of articles on there. Everything on there is free. Um, and I just I talk about a range of things from taxes to investing to real estate to having the money mindset I also talk about some of the things that, you know, increase in taxes that I think are coming up. I also talk about things like inflation risk and the national debt, which is hitting $27 trillion or more now. Um, and so, we, you know, this is money that we're going to have to pay back. And I think that as you look at your long-term financial plans and what you're going to do, you need to factor in these larger risk aspects. I love it, man. I'll make sure that's in the show notes so that everybody can go and check that out. Again, Nathan, this has been an awesome interview, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And everybody out there, remember to infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. Go out and make it a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used ClickFunnels, Kartra, Jotform, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.